1: Hello, good evening and welcome to the midweek fix on the LFC day Trippers. I'm your host Keith, and tonight I'm joined by three regulars. At this stage, I'm delighted to be joined by Davo. Davo, how are you? Frank right, Keith. Not about it. Not
0: about really it. It. Be, I'll, you. I'll watching
1: that, yeah, yeah, I think we're all a bit, uh, a bit happy after seeing that. You know what I mean? We'll talk about them in a few minutes. Um, but yeah, I put a bit of spring in the step.
2: Um, Kev, how are you? Good, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to tomorrow, but. So, again, watch that tonight, and it was just like it was boring. I gotta be honest, if you were watching that to be entertained as a neutral, you picked the wrong game.
1: So, um, it's just one of those, isn't it? Indeed, it is. Indeed, it is. And Chris, how's things, my friend? Happy to go back tonight.
3: Oh, yeah, happy they're not out on the way through to another Champions League fan. Like, I couldn't be, I couldn't be arse all that nonsense, but yeah, no, all good. Liverpool keep winning, the women keep winning. Um, big game tomorrow, all good with
1: the world, really. Exactly, yeah. It, it, there's a lot of positivity around, you know, and, yeah, you know, we we joke about United getting knocked out tonight, but we were just speaking before we came on air there that it does remove that um it, one more factor. that You know, you draw Manchester United in anything and it gets built up and can be more tricky than it needs to be. And this whole battle of Britain, show, it's one more uh, notch off that uh, argument. And it's good... <laughs> We were saying, you know, Liverpool in two thousand and five didn't have the greatest team and and got their way to a final. And the thoughts of of Manchester United doing the same, we can firmly put that to bed now. But the game there tonight, lads, you know, it, it was two teams that maybe don't have the quality that you'd expect. And would Davo, would you be worried about Atletico in the next round?
0: Uh, but listen, would would listen? I'd probably rather avoid them. Oh. Listen, if we if, like if we if we get them, I'd probably worry about. I'd worry about going over there. Like I said before, we come on, I thought they threw the towel in very, very quickly in Anfield in the group game. But look, as Kev said earlier, that we before we come on them, um, they're a different beast in a, uh, in knockout games, and we seen it tonight. Look, like, jeez, they shit way. Look, like, I don't think. I'm not sure. You know, it had a chance really after they let the go score. Oh, Black like, made a good save from a header. Um. Other than that, I don't, I don't think you know you created it, so they really shit house their way after the goal, um, or in the second half. So, no, listen, I, I'd back us to beat them, but would it be would it be uh, good on the eyes for two legs? No, absolutely not. No, I think you have to. The way we
1: played them in the groups, we sort of went for the throat with them, and I think you have to do that. You mm-hmm. can't let them yeah. shit house their way into a game because if they get a goal up on you, you know, it, it's very similar it's to Chelsea, you know, it's hard to break down because. They, on paper their formation might look like you know three five two, but in reality it's bleeding five or two holding midfielders and wingers are fullbacks and all this sort of stuff. So it's yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of a pain in the arse having to get them. But look, we'll take whoever we can get. <coughs> Excuse me. We're going to look forward to Liverpool against Arsenal tomorrow. And before we get on to that, lads, I just want to get his reaction to. The city result last night and the implications that has on on the title race, but also on tomorrow's game. You know, uh, Chris, it, it adds pressure to Liverpool now, doesn't it? You know, it's we've seen it in the past where teams have dropped points. You have to capitalise, and I think from now with the run in here, every mistake has to be jumped upon, doesn't
3: it? It does really. Cause I mean. For the City results to matter, you've got, you've got to keep winning your games. I mean, in terms of what Liverpool need to do, it hasn't really changed. They had to beat Arsenal anyway, um, regardless even if City had won. It just now gives you that chink of hope that we play twice now before City go away to Burnley, which I know they have a good record at Burnley, but it'll be the first time that if we can win our next two games, City are going into a game not top of the league. And it just puts that little bit of pressure on. I mean, we're already seeing like how their players are reacting. You know, Bernardo Silva wasn't even asked about Liverpool and he's talking about us. So, it's, it's a bit of a, a mental slip that you don't want them to do. <laughs> I'm sure Pep's probably secretly not happy. Uh, it's interesting how Pep start talks about how long the grass is. I seem to remember uh, our manager getting lambasted for that sort of talk. But it's interesting.
1: Yeah. It is, you know, there's a fragility about Manchester City, Kev. You know, we've said it before about Pep Guardiola not being able to handle pressure or maybe not being able to publicly, you know, look like he handles pressure. Um, But Bernardo Silva, Chris, touches on. You know, I hate this, you know, rattled and all that. But he does look like he's a bit rattled. Um, That Liverpool did, they're not foolish. They seen that they had a big gap on Liverpool, yeah. and we've caught it, and we've we've hit the hit the ground where we needed to do it, and and they can just smell us coming up the back of them, can't they?
2: Yeah, they're very in, they're in, Very, they're very close to doing what uh, Keegan's Newcastle did when they were out in front by a country mile years ago, and they got pegged back slowly but surely, and they ended up losing the title, and they never they were never the same after. They tried again, and it just failed. Uh, City are very very close to that at the minute but saying that I'd rather be in their position than ours um, they're still favourites for the league whether we want to admit it or not whether we want to talk about it or not they are I don't know. But they are because the, the reason they are is because we have to go there we got to draw against them at home and last night they should have walloped mares missed some guilthead chances Gaeta was outstanding most nights they're not going to miss those chances tomorrow night we had to go Chris is right we had to go and beat Arsenal we still have to go there and beat them it's still in our hands and it was always in our hands irrespective of last night's result the media will blow it up to being more than what it is but if we win our last 10 games we win the league it's that simple but it's a monumental task to keep this run going in the league it really is when you stand back and look at it look at the record that we've had since Christmas since the lads have gone away to AFCON to the end of the season. We're virtually going unbeaten until the end of the season. You know, that's nuts. That is absolutely almost unheard of for a site to do that. And yeah, City slip up great. If they, keep, if they make another mistake between now and the end of the season and we keep doing what we're doing, we'll win it more comfortably. But I honestly believe that we have to win our last 10 games. So I, it doesn't really do much... Last night's result helps us, it gives us a bit of a boost, but in the grand scheme of things, I think we win 10 games and it goes down in the record books as probably the greatest title win ever.
1: Yeah, I mean, what last night does, Davo, I suppose, is it means that if we win all our games, we will win the league. Kev said it's not much of a difference, but whereas if City had a won that, it would have been a goal difference thing and it's taken for now for today mm. it's taken that off the table hasn't it it means like we can scutter our way to one nils and win the league now Whereas, you know if we were look kev's right it's a, it's a some task to go and say we're gonna win 10 games and go on what an 18 game winning mm. streak to win the league but it's the little psychological chinks that you're chipping away at and you're looking and saying, as Kev said, we could be on top of the league, big if, mm. before they play. And these are the little psychological things that can sort of hit away. To me, City look very fragile mentally. I've said it for a while. And the little things like that can be what hits them, can't they?
0: Yeah, well, look, there's no, Okay, You can dress it up whatever way you like. We probably will have to win our 10 games. But listen, you never, you never give back City dropping points. It was great. watching it, I watched it last night. kept was right. Another, another night they win that four or five. Palace were blessed at times. Although, listen, they could have got a couple of goals. Themselves. One, yeah. But listen, eight, like eight games ago, I think it was 14 points in it. And then we obviously would had a game in hand, so probably went to 11. But it was funny enough. I thought it was done when City beat Chelsea at home and De Bruyne was asked about it in his, in his post-match t- uh, interview. And in fairness to him, he didn't just play with a straight back. He, he he turned around and said, look, your man asked him, look, it's nearly done, isn't it? And he just said, look, he says, for a team to stop us, they'll have to be perfect. And that's probably what we're going to have to be. We have been so far. Um, and I think I agree with Kev. They're probably favourites because I think our run is harder. we've got tougher games as far as I'm concerned, but hmm. we're, better than every, we're, we're better than every side that we're going to come up against, except City arguably, I and mean, the arguably are better than them. So, me, you know, hmm. it's, it's, it's game on. Huh? Listen, I'll be behind the couch for the for the 10 league games. He <laughs> would you, you, wouldn't, you, like, you wouldn't want it any other way. would you no. want no. to be 14 points behind them and just trotting along in second and FA Cup <laughs> and Champions League? Like, you, you, you do want to, you,
3: yeah, you want to be in it to win it. David, you might need to get another couch, mate. You do realize there's a chance we could play them four games in a row. Yeah, ah, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found that good out today. You could potentially play in quarterfinals, league quarterfinals, F, FA Cup semi final if you get
1: there. Yeah, yeah. Four
3: um, times you, might, you, might need, you might need to buy about three couches. Yeah. The interesting thing with City is, uh, I think Andrew Beasley tweeted it, was their record against second to sixth is they've drawn with us and they've battered, everyone. they beat everyone else. But their record against 7th to 12th, 11th in the league yeah. is, they've only won two. They've lost twice to Spurs. They've only took one point off Palace. They've only took two points off Southampton. They took three points off Wolves against 10 men with a fortunate Gears. penalty. Yeah. Spurs have done the double over them. And, you know, they're a tight game against Villa. The weird thing with City is, they're actually against the better side. They're doing all right. It's the mid-table, yeah. got Pistol to play for, sort of going for Europe. That's what they seem to be... Do that palace, be- that, but it's that palace performance, which is you go, <laughs> City battered them, but they drew, or City battered them, but they lost one nil, and that that's now becoming a bit of a pattern now. Now look, yeah. you, you know they could just go and win the next ten games, and you look really stupid. You go, but that, that's what they're capable of. But they don't feel as scary as they did probably two seasons ago. Still like, an excellent, excellent side, and you know I'm not doing them down, but. They, just don't
2: quite feel, feel like they Aguero's a for them. Mm. The fact that they didn't get Kane and they don't play with a nine. They needed a proper striker last night.
0: You know, I have I no sympathy
1: have. for them, Kev. They had no, one on the bench and they well, didn't put him on. Me, yeah, they had one on the wrong. bench and they didn't use him. And no people will argue whatsoever. and say that Gabriel Jesus isn't a forward. Gabriel Jesus is a centre forward. He yeah, was he converted to a winger by Pep Guardiola. <laughs> and, you know... Pep Guardiola, I'd be a huge Pep Guardiola fan. I'll, I'll be honest. I think he gets a lot of stick. I think he's he gets into his own head too much. But Pep Guardiola is too fond of reinventing players into different positions. And sometimes, like this, he's left himself where he has a centre-forward there who probably hasn't got the most confidence. Raheem Sterling could probably have done a job for him as centre-forward better than Phil could Foden or Jack Reedish can. Gundogan would have been a good been, one, because he's,
3: he's made a habit of scoring big goals at the moment. That's yeah. his thing. That's his he's uh, a, bit of, a bit of a genie. you
1: know. I think he just he, uh, he overthinks everything, Pep Guardiola, and yeah. he, he get, thinks too much about them, do you know what I mean? And you know, you you said to yourself there, Kev, they, they, they could have battered Crystal Palace last night. But Chris is right. These games are the ones they tend to struggle in. Now, I don't expect them to drop many points mm. on the run-in. I think they will drop more points. I think we will drop points somewhere as well. So it's just a matter of, you know, how do you react to that? And Sky Sports last night after the game, they were looking at the fixtures and Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville and... They made a good point that Champions League draws are going to be key in this run in as well, because what fixtures um, may look handy on paper. And Kev, I'll say this to you: mm. What do you think about, um, you know, the, the idea of a Champions League draw where we draw? Let's avoid, let's say, Man City and Liverpool. The, the nightmare scenario that we draw City and play them in the league and the to Champions League. But if the teams, you know, we were speaking before we came on air, joking that City will get Benfica and we could get someone else. But, you know, that draw could be key in it because if you can get the easier draw and and put a toy to bed in the first leg, it'll allow you to be a bit more flexible in your league games rather than, you know, constantly having to, to chase it. So the Champions League will play a big part in this as well, won't it?
2: Ordinary for most sides, I'd say it would. For us, I don't think it does. The reason I don't think it does is because they're easy games to get up. If you if say if we draw Bayern, you, they're easy games to get up for. You know, if you've got to play three games in eight days, and two of those are against Bayern and one <coughs> in the middle against City, you're not going to have a problem with getting fourteen or fifteen players up for that game. Yeah. For those for that group of three, and that's what that's all you need. The Champions League with the five sub rule gives you massive options. The strength that we have in midfield gives you flexibility to make changes and not have a huge drop off. Front three now, well, front five that we can pick three from, the drop off isn't massive. And the back four, you know, the centre back pairings that we have again, Kanate, Matip, Virgil are your main three, there's not a huge drop-off between Matip and Canate. So I think, in some ways, it might benefit us to get a more difficult tie. It doesn't have to be the most difficult tie in the planet. But a Benfica game, yeah, you could go there, win 5-0 and take your foot off for the second leg, but you're not going to take your foot off for the City game, which is the one in the middle. You know, so it, I don't think it, it's as much... It's probably... If, for argument's sake, it's a tight first leg, we don't get a positive result against City, then it becomes a problem if you have to get yourself back up after that. You know, where you could be in danger of losing to City, for argument's sake, and going out of the Champions League because of a tough draw. Then it could be a problem. But I'd look at it the other way. I'd be looking at it at the positive side, that you get a positive result in the first leg against a really top-quality side, bounce into the, the Etihad off, off the back of a confident performance, come out of that with a positive result, and then go straight through to the semi-final of the Champions League after knocking X, Y, Z out. You know, it's it has to be the way the Klopp and the players have to look at it. You know, and they keep saying they have this mentality of one game at a time, one game at a time. And to be honest, they've been saying it for this long now. I believe them. I genuinely do that. You know, Klopp and... Lenders will probably manage games and on paper before they play. It. But the players, I think, focus on the job in hand and worry about that and then move on to the next game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it no. probably would benefit City more. I think the way they'll look at it is yeah, Benfica, ideal. Knock them out, focus on Liverpool. Whereas I think if they got a, a buy Munich, I think it could really hurt them. Yeah. Exactly, if and why, that's if it, we, music, it.
1: would really do it the, the, the focus will be, at some point, City will say, you know, Pep Guardiola comes out saying he's not worried about the Champions League. Uh De Bruyne said it the other day, oh, if I had to pick, it's the Premier League. But Davo, at some stage, they're going to start looking at the Champions League. And do you think they could take their way off the ball a bit? Um, or do you think they're equipped? Because oh, the psych- again, I, I'm big on, on this psychological thing. This Liverpool team in the main have gone and won the Champions League and won the Premier League and have got that sort of hump off their back. Whereas City, I still feel there's a bit of a fragility there in the sense that they'll say and say that they don't obsess about the Champions League, but... They must do.
0: Surely they they're gonna have to. Stay. Oh, they will look, start Looking like that. Th- listen, it's it's the big one for their ownership. It's the big one for Pepe as a moment since uh, he had Messi. But see, the issue about for him about taking a eye right off the ball is like I, I'd say he would pick any other team in world football to be chasing it than Liverpool. Yeah, any other team. He's already come out and said it's, it's, the, it's his hardest opponent that he's ever faced. Managing, we're we're coming. We're, like we're we're coming. And that's like, he knows that. It's down now. It might be down to a point tomorrow, depending on the result. It might, it, it, it might drop points. But at the end of the day, he knows that we're, we're fucking, we're right after them. Um, I'm taking him as off He tends to kind of, like you said, he kind of gets into his own head, tends to overthink things at times. He's done it in the Champions League. He's, listen, I don't watch them enough to go into the nuances of, formations against Southampton when they drop points yeah. and stuff like uh, that you couldn't watch but, them all the time but, that, but, you know, Like, particularly in the Champions League he gets into his own head not playing Fernandinho in the final yeah. uh, s- s- just mad stuff like that it is a bit you mentioned it earlier like uh, Bernardo Silva brought us up in his interview and then on, on 90 minutes from the cameras on the pitch Pep Guardiola was kind to of getting into a bit with Guardiola at the, the Palace keeper. Uh, over something they were listening about Spaniards and all, but you could tell it was a bit it wasn't a, it wasn't a blazing and but he he wasn't happy about something maybe time wasting or or whatever he was he was ranging the mound about. But listen, he, he he knows he's up against us, and that'll be giving him sleepless nights, be it in the Champions League or the league. I, I I just don't think he can. I, I don't think he can afford to take his eye off the ball. Uh, with the Champions League, he's just gonna have to. He's just gonna have to. Roll, he's just gonna have to go game the game. Really?
1: Yeah, Chris, that was right. You know, he said it many a time. Guardiola about the uh, the Liverpool being the, the hardest opponent he's ever come up against. And again, something they spoke about on Sky Sports last night after the game. Uh, Jamie Carragher said um, to Guardy Neville, "Like these are two of the best Premier League teams of all time." And he said, you know. Neville played for Manchester United in some great teams. There was great Arsenal teams, great Chelsea teams. For these two to be hitting 90 points plus, we done it for two seasons, then had last year where we just fell off a cliff. And now this season looks like it could go to that again. It's phenomenal that those two teams that are going at that, you know, that pelt. I mean, if Liverpool weren't around, Man City are cantering to league title year after year without a challenge. But they've got the challenge from us. And, you know, it really does make um, what Jürgen Klopp is doing at Liverpool all the more impressive, doesn't it? That he's, he's managing to go toe-to-toe with this and absolutely rattle Pep Guardiola and the players just by constantly breathing down their neck. Like it, It's a great testament to what Klopp and Liverpool are doing.
3: It is, yeah. Um, I mean, for this rivalry to really kick off, we probably have got to win a, a, the league or the Champions League this year. Why is it? it's to kind of balance it out, to make it like going, yeah, we, you push them, but you don't want to be the, the one that's always the bridesmaid in this competition, mm-hmm. which we've only managed to overcome the, in the league once. I mean, I also think both sides get the best out of each other. I do think if Liverpool were as strong as they are, City would still win the league, but I don't think they're doing 90 points fairly often because they don't need to. You know, I think I think the company win the league with mid eighties and but just do it in third gear. So I think this is the kind of push each other to the edge, which is it's good to see. Look, it's entertaining. It's stressful as hell, as, as Davo says, you know, there are times where you really nerves can't take it. And I'm, trust me, if it's if we're playing City four four times in a row, I'm not I'm not sure I'll be around. 'Cause I don't think I'll survive that. <laughs> so yeah, but that's heavy
1: tack, Ari. It is
3: it is. It's what I think it's one of those rivalries I think you look back in a couple of years' time going, I oh, was you know that, once you're out, there was You know how good it was, and how exciting it was, and how stressful it was. Sometimes, being in the middle, of it, you sort of lose sight of how good it is, and get get involved in tip for tat shit that doesn't. You don't really need to get involved. in. you know, I think we we forget how good our side is, and how good City side is. Because everyone talks about how good City side is, and it is brilliant. You know, it may not be the entertaining most entertaining side at times, but look, it get it gets the wins, it gets the numbers that you want. But people forget that. You know, to get that close, you know, this squad is just as good as City's. You know, we're pretty similar standard-wise. We've just done it in a slightly different way because that's how, how we'll run. doesn't mean our way is better than their way. It's just, just a different way. But it's good to see. I'm enjoying it. And you can already start to see with this current squad how it's starting to evolve. You know, the style of plays tweaked. We use Trent slightly differently. We're now starting to evolve Jones and Elliott into the squad. You know, and we're probably... A backup right back away from going. Most areas are covered. You know, maybe we'd you would like another midfielder in the summer, but you know, it tweaks now. I'm looking at this squad. Whereas maybe after last season, a lot of people were thinking it's a bit of an overhaul job. And I think once you have your best players first, you realise the squad's probably not quite as
1: bad as we thought it was. Yeah, very true. Very true. But lads, look, we look ahead to tomorrow night. Liverpool play Arsenal. Arsenal are in a bit of form. Mm-hmm. Um Kev, would you think that Arsenal pose a threat, or do you think it's a false sort of form that they're in, that they're beating teams that they probably expect them to be? But confidence breeds confidence, and if you do that, you will be well placed. Are you worried about the threat of Arsenal tomorrow night, or do you think Liverpool going into this in their own good run of form should have enough to get
2: through? But they're the two best sides in the league on form. Um <clears throat> yeah, Arsenal are beating the size they should be. But this is, this version of Arsenal is probably the strongest version of Arsenal that they've had this season. They're all back from they're all back from injury. They play a 4-3-3 that is very quick up front. Lacazette is playing that center forward role where he drops back in to midfield kind of like what Bobby does. Very similar. And With the other four that they have, be it um, Smith-Rowe, if he plays, um, Saka, Odegaard and Martinelli, they have pace and trickery and youth and exuberance. The only thing that you look at them is you think you're uh, Granit Xhaka head far away from a red card. And If I was an Arsenal fan, that would be what would worry me because if we move the ball as quick as what we're capable of moving it, you can entice Saka into do, into doing something stupid. He's just got that kind of mentality, that Degsy Lovren mentality that I can win whatever ball I want <laughs> and your technical ability just doesn't match what's in between your ears. So you can play on that a bit. Um, they are a good side at home. They have threats, but we're very, very good and very strong at the back. So I back our defenders. I back us to get a a clean sheet over their back four, being able to keep us out. Uh, That's where I think this game is won and lost. It's it's the back line, the keepers. Who's who's going to make the the fewest mistakes and who can capitalize on the mistakes that are made? And I back us over them.
1: And it's interesting you should say that, Kev. The goalkeepers, I think, is key. And Davo, look, you played goalkeeper at a very high level. Um, you have a great read on goalkeepers. And I'm wondering what you're, what you're thinking on Aaron Lonsdale. I call him Aaron Lonsdale. I think he's <laughs> fucking brutal. Um, a lot of Arsenal fans think he's better than Alisson Becker. What do you think about that? Do you think he's he's a good keeper? Do you think he's overrated do you think he's underrated where do you see L- look
0: I, in the I kind of noticed him a teams. bit far with Sheffield United and I, I didn't really rate him at all because yes. I, I just more in the sense that not that he was making howlers really obviously there was a couple of mistakes thrown in that happens with every goalkeeper but normally you'd find with relegation threatened keepers they'd be the busiest on the pitch and they're making a lot of saves yeah. and this is just listen someone could back up stats saying oh he, he did save percentage I said you no know, I'm just going on from when we seen him he didn't save a whole lot yeah. do you know what I mean like shots were going in now listen they weren't his fault All the, but from from my looking at my it was just like kind of the first thing that jumped out to me was he doesn't really save a whole lot of shots I put my hands up and say when I saw him, I thought, Jesus Christ, what he is doing. He's been better than I thought. But it's been a, it, there's a lot of the the, the stuff around him's been a bit over the top now. Like that save he made against Leicester from the free kick a couple of years ago that he tipped last season, I think, or whatever that he tipped onto the bar. If that goes in, the goal where he makes the save, it's a heller. It's an absolute heller. He has to save it, he should save it. It looks brilliant that he he's going, other way and he gets us. he gets a hand up and flicks it onto the post. So that's kind of that's my kind of read on, on keepers is that listen they make good saves but if, if the ball went in where the shot was going would it be a would it be an error and that's kind of how we look at most keepers mo pick for the same alisson even the same all of them but um he tends to he tends to be getting a lot of credit for saves that you know what I mean? If they went in, you'd kinda be questioning. That's kind of be read on, on Ramsdale for uh, for Arsenal. Now listen, he's he's I know an Arsenal fan at mate of mine, knows his football. Um he actually talking about tomorrow, he actually doesn't think they'll be playing as well as the as as, as the the build up they've been getting. He just goes to be kind of getting away with it a small bit. Mm-hmm. He kind of thinks on Ramsdale it's more he's very vocal and Leno wasn't vocal at all, and the back four and the rest of them are buying into that, so there's been a, a collective kind of they were a bond. Um, which is listen, which is it's good, it's what you need. So that's probably why he's um he's probably taken to, to it so well at Arsenal. But listen, he's not he's not at Alison Becker's level now, not at all. Um, listen, is he is he better than Pickford? Listen, it's a toss of a coin. I don't think either of them are are, are brilliant. Yeah. You know, I am throwing Ramsdale in because Pickford is fucking useless. But, no, listen, I just, we, we definitely have the better keeper. We definitely have the better back four, as Kev's saying. So hopefully we can be forwarding and, and, and fucking score, do you know what I mean? Keep them, put them under more pressure than, than they put on us. Because, listen, they'll, they'll try, just saw a bit, few clips from Carragher last night, they'll try and press us. And if we can play through the press, there is a lot of space there. Because uh, they leave party on his own. Um, so, listen, if, if, we, if we can get at them like that, you'd have to think we'd get some joy.
3: That, but from a from a keeper's point of view, is Ramsdale's biggest issue is footwork. As in he's um, not in the, he's not because I always think with Alisson, Yeah. The talk of him is his footwork's that quick that yeah. that's why a lot of his saves look simple because he gets himself to a position where he doesn't have to overstretch himself. What I always think is the reason he's doing these mm. what I call camera saves is because yeah. footwork wise he's got himself in the wrong position he's, and he's having to throw himself to make mm. a save.
0: Well, it's the whole thing like they used to say about centre-halves and last these tackles. And if you're not reading the game, you you might have to make a last these tackle. Alisson makes some saves that people wouldn't bat an eyelid at. it. And I'd kind of just be watching going, Jesus Christ, how's he moved his feet so fast to get across there? You know the one where he's taking a straight down his throat into his chest? But it might be three yards to the right of the centre. Most of the goalkeepers just push off that, push off their that right leg and get down and get a party on that or hold it in. So his his footwork is phenomenal. Um, and with Ramsdale, yeah, listen, like I said, I, I haven't kind of obviously I watch Alison way more, way more than I watch Ramsdale. But like I just mentioned, about them he is kind of throwing himself around the goal a bit, and that at times that can be down to your down to your footwork and and not being quick enough to 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 shift across. I remember being at the the Champions League semi final, the ghost goal game, and me eight uh, years ago and uh, now five and I watched Czech warming up and he was very, mm. he was similar to Alison. I couldn't believe how quick he, he moved across the ground, how quick game, he moved yeah. his feet. And just watching him in the warm up, I couldn't believe how quick he moved his feet from side to side to get across. He was, it was frightening. And Alison is, is the same, whereas Ramsdale is, is one of them keepers that likes to push off and, and, and make the camera
2: safe. He spills a lot as well. Mm. You know, the shot will come in and he'll get it on the second go or It'll bounce off him or bounce in front of him. He he doesn't make clean saves and he doesn't come for the ball in the air. Mm. Allison, I, what impresses me a lot about Allison is he's very comfortable coming for the ball and taking the ball cleanly, as if he's a centre forward or a centre midfield playing for a county side. here. Yeah. you have no problem jumping mm. for a mark and taking it. You know, and that kind of the amount of pressure that that would take off your centre backs. Plus, your forwards can read it and they're on the move straight away. It's little things like that that can be decisive in games like this, especially if they're tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's They don't often get the credit they deserve. But, Alison, I think it was on Amazon. There was a, Brazilian, a Brazil documentary. It's either on Amazon or Netflix. And it is mainly in Portuguese. But you watch the uh, training sessions that Tafarel was putting on for Brazil. It's all with, our moment. is
1: it? The Brazil team? Yeah, with,
2: yeah. With mm-hmm. Allison and Ederson and the other Brazilian keeper that was there, he's still playing in Brazil as far as I know. Waverton, is it? Could so it think, yeah, yeah, it could have been, yeah. But you just watched that training session, it was ridiculous. And they were just making these saves, having a right laugh with each other, and as if it was nothing. And it's like you can tell why they're they're outstanding keepers because they push each other at an international level and they're bringing that form into their club game. And it's no surprise that they are the two. They're at the two elite clubs in Europe and that's you know? it's a testament to their ability there's a country that never got direct the they produced the best outfield players in the world for years you know but they were never really noted for pushing through keepers and then suddenly you get one come through and then you get a lot of them come through
1: it's funny you say that, like, about Brazil. I know we're going slightly off topic here, but I was looking at something the other day. And you're right, you know, Alisson and Ederson are two really, really top keepers, like two elite keepers. And look, we'll all remember for years, Brazil would be going into tournaments and Taffarelli would be the keeper or there will be others who would be in there. D there was a, a, another one. And they were never solid and their defence was never solid. But it was a sort of look at Thiago Silva being the greatest ever Brazilian defender. And, you know, look, I, I read a lot about South American stuff that I wouldn't have seen. And I look at every bit of old footage I could find. And it got me thinking, you know, is Thiago Silva the best Brazilian centre-back of all time? And he probably is. Mm-hmm. And that shows the 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 transformation in Brazil that they, to that detriment, I think, you know, after Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, all these boys, when it was attack-focused, there was a big change to get them more defensive. Even though they have Neymar, it's gone very much in the last maybe 10 15 years to improving at the back. And my brother's putting a shout in there for Lucio, yeah. Lucio was a great center back yeah. as well.
2: Mm. But you know, these you wonder how much that 7 1 really hit home that that mm, loss yeah. to Germany in, in at home. You know, I think that must have changed after when Uruguay beat them and the papers were already, yeah. yeah, and the papers were already. Um,
0: Printed up for saying champions of the world and all yeah. that. I'd say that that's probably the, that's probably the darkest day since then. That it seven one yeah. to bring. I think I think T D is he's more of a pragmatic coach anyway. Keith isn't he? Is now more than me, he, tend, he yeah. seems to be a more pragmatic coach. Like Fred is kind of a mainstay yeah. for them, probably even ahead of Fabinho, which is as mad as as mad as that thinks or as mad yeah. as that sounds. Um, but yeah, he seems to be a bit more pragmatic. So it's all about mm. just trying to find a balance, isn't it? Yeah.
1: That's it, that's it. But look, Alisson, I think, yeah, is a better keeper than, than Aaron Ramsdale. I have to keep thinking because I do call him Lonsdale all the time and I have to concentrate and say Ramsdale. But look, Arsenal, they, as a squad, I've seen on Twitter, the usual shite, someone put a combined 11 up and I had Ramsdale, <laughs> Ben Wui, Thomas Partey, Osaka and Odegaard and Audigard in this combined 11. and it's easy for us to jump on and say look what are you on about these wouldn't get in
2: Mm.
1: Ben White's getting a lot of we've talked about Ramsdale we talked about (laughs) Ramsdale right Ben White is the next one he's done a good job for them Kev hasn't he Ben White's gone in there he was a player that we spoke about on these shows many a time Sean he was a big fan of Liverpool being linked for him has he made a big difference to that back line is he a player that you, you'd you be worried about air forwards going up against?
2: He's, he's a good, he's an athletic defender. I When they signed him, I thought, because I liked him at Brighton and I liked what I saw of him at Leeds. Yeah. It was, but I always saw him as the right centre back in a three. The same yeah. as kind of a Dan Byrne. You don't associate, I never associate those type of players in a two. But then when you think about it, If you're playing in a back three, you have to be able to play football. You have to be comfortable with the ball on your feet because you have to make up the extra space. It's all well and good. The back three allows you to be a little bit defensively suspect, but you have to be able to play football. And when he brings that into a two, and I think him and Gabriel have a good partnership between the two of them. You've got one big, strong, powerful centre-back in Gabriel and a footballer in Ben White. He's look, I think the 50 million price tag didn't help him. He's not a 50 million pound centre back, but at the same time, when you factor in the English tax, he's had a good first season at Arsenal. And you got to look at what Job Arteta is doing as a whole. It's a very young squad. He has to get Champions League football this season. Has to. If he's if they can keep that squad together and go again in the window for the next two or three years, they're going to be a very good side if they can keep that core group of players together. Add a bit of quality, get rid of a couple of players around it, like the likes of Cedric, the likes of Granite Chaka. Add a bit of quality in those positions. They'll be challenging with Chelsea to get into the top three, and who knows. But Ben White, is is that a good first season? Price tag aside, because some players can handle the price tag, some can't. He looks like he's comfortable, okay?
3: Well, the talk is to getting a Calvert Lewin, isn't it, in the in the summer to replace Lacazette, which if you keep him fit, it's another young player. I think it's a focal point that they need. So again, it's another way of involving the squad as well, and probably takes probably gives them another a bit more mobility as well. So, but if if you keep Calvert Lewin fit,
1: is Calvert Lewin right? So Lacazette is doing a decent job for them up front, but it is maybe the one area. That they could deal with, they they seem desperate to do something in January. They were linked with Vlavic. they were linked with Isaac, they were linked with um, calvert Leone, They were linked with a lot of centre forwards.
2: Yeah. That Chris profile Williams. of player that you're thinking of. Look at the look at the profile of those three players. All yeah. big. long target man, strong quick. in the air, physical. Uh,
3: it says quick four two th- quick over the ground. Yeah, it says four two three one, doesn't it? Yeah. Three pacey lads of. Mm. Saka, yeah. Martinelli, Odegaard or Smith Rowe. One three of those four behind say Calvert-Lewin and then someone uh, a better partner next to party. and then that's a very solid um decent attacking lineup but it gives him a physical aerial threat which Mesker wants by me lacks like that's not his game he's not the aerial but he is the on the shoulder getting behind so it does give them something different. They probably need two, really. If Lacazette's going, they probably need two strikers, really, but that's probably where they're looking at.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're looking at Aubameyang has gone, Lacazette, and I think Nketiah is out of contract as well in the summer, yeah. so they will have to, but it is interesting, you know, that they're not looking for a, a an Andy Carroll-type target man. They want the target man, but they want the target man with pace, so it tells you mm. sort of how did they want to play, but Davo, the Chris has touched on it there. You know the the real threat for Arsenal is in those attacking players. You're looking at Martinelli. You're looking at Odegaard. You're looking at um Saka. You're looking at uh, Emil Smith Rowe. comes in. Do you think that's where they can? Uh, do us the most damage tomorrow is that that what we need to be wary of is those players sort of hovering about and I'm thinking especially Martinelli playing off the left where look we know Trent he's been actually uh, quite good defensively but if teams do get in they tend to target that side is that one that we have to be wary about?
0: Yeah, well, the, the, what had me really kind of tomorrow? is if you remember back to the, the start of the Brighton game. There, we, uh, I think Mane and Fabinho, we lost a couple of bad balls in the centre circle, got dispossessed, kind of on the tran- obviously on the transition, and Brighton weren't good enough to punish us. Uh, it was actually brought up a match of the day. Shearer, I think, did it a couple of times, saying this is where they're not scoring the goals. the final baller, decision making, and all that. But Arsenal will be far better. Them three, they're they're I think they're excellent, the 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 three lads. I do. think Klopp really, really likes Martinelli and Saka. Really likes them. I think if he if you could go in and pluck the two of them out there, you would big time. Um really likes the two of them and they have quality, they've confidence, they're playing well. So th- th- that's really the like my weirdings wouldn't come kind of particularly down Trent's side for tomorrow. Now listen, look, that could be totally wrong. And Martinelli could roast them and get a goal tomorrow and I look stupid, but I, I really do think in the transition. Like if we if we're sloppy in possession in midfield or if it goes up to Sadio's feet or if it's Bobby and we're giving up loose possession, they will be able to punish in the transition. Absolutely no doubt about it with the with the three of the lads. Yeah. It's 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 the
1: strength I suppose, Kev, that they're they're gonna try and build on. You know, to to break down Liverpool, if we look at it, um I expect Arsenal will go with Ben White and Gabrielle at the back. They'll go with Tierney left full. Um, right back, who's been playing there for them? Is this Tommy Asa? or is he said? He's is injured. injured. I guess Cedric. Yeah. midfield will be Partey. Will it be Odegaard and Jakob? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then most likely Lacazette with Martinelli and Saka either side of them. Yeah, yeah. He's
2: it, he's he's very. He's. I was watching. The, I think it was. Ma- Monday night football, and they did a Carragher did a bit on him. Where is very similar to Man City setup, where the the six will be isolated, the two eights will go and link up with the forward three. One of the fullbacks will go, and one will sit. So if the ball's on the left, the right fullback will stay and make a back three, and vice versa on the other side. Um, you can get at them if you if our front three or right forward and left forward, occupy the space in and around Thomas Partey. That's where we can get at them and expose them. But like, I've seen some of the comments in the chat and I say Arsenal haven't done anything against us all season. All season, Arsenal have had issues every time that we've played them. It's called, never, I don't think, it's called the Bamiank. Yeah, but I don't think they've ever had their best eleven available to them in any of the games that we've played and they have now and they're in a really good run of form and they're desperate they need the points they need to get something out of the game they'll be happy enough for a point a point they'll be delighted with a point you know if they can nick a win great but they need to get something out of these games in hand you know they, they, that's their one fear any Arsenal fan that I know they're all telling me the same thing they've got these games in hand but look at them they're tough mm-hmm. tough games and the worry is that they could go on a bad run And those games in hand can disappear on you really quick, and then suddenly you're level on points with Man United, and Tottenham might have caught up a bit, and you haven't pulled away, and now you're in a bad run of form, Mm -hmm. you know. Whereas Arsenal are favourites for the top four at the minute; they're only favourites as long as they can put points on the board. I think they uh... won't get a better chance than tomorrow night because this is their best eleven in form, and they've got nothing to lose, everything to gain it's a dangerous arsenal to, arsenal side you know we've got to be honest about that
3: i think the uh, the big game in hand for them is the uh, tottenham one because that is a bit of a a double win if if they win that one in ha- that game in hand it strengthens their position it yeah. probably kills off tottenham's chase for top 4 so i think they'd like some from our game but i think the the biggest game in hand is probably the tottenham one because it has a, a double positive if if they win it Indeed, that's what, indeed.
1: That's what, t- that's what I'm telling myself anyway. <laughs> yeah, look, we've, we've been too nice to Arsenal. Um. Let's talk about Liverpool boys. Mm, um, they're quite good. Yeah, not bad. Quite good. Quite good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, we're dressing up. Davo, I'll come back to you. We're dressing up, Martinelli, maybe having a, a chance at, at Trent Alexander Arnold. Do you think Luis Diaz plays tomorrow? And if so, Cedric Suarez going to have a sickie? Is he going to pull a ring in sick in the morning?
0: He, yeah, listen. I, I do think the uh, as play tomorrow, I would say he might go with the same front three, just purely because I think Jota he needs he needs minutes. Like he I thought, like going back to the cup final, he came on. He looked way off it.
1: Yeah.
0: He's he's looked way off it when he's going kind to of come on, and he's obviously been out for a while. So I would expect him probably to do. 70, 80, 90 even against Forrest in the cup, the same with Firmino. I'd say he has that game earmarked for them lads uh, to get to get minutes in. So I would expect Diaz, I would expect the front three to be the same. Once Mal was all right, I think he was training tonight or the evening. So I would expect that front three to be the same. The only thing that caveat I'd have with it is I'd absolutely love to see Diaz coming on after with a half an hour to go, just jogging on after that side with the injection that he could bring into a game, not knowing. listen, the game could be, could be nil all, it could be one all, it could be whatever, with the injection that he'd, he'd come in because he's absolutely fucking electric at the minute. So listen, I do expect him to start. um, And I'm not saying I wouldn't start him, but like, if you could do both things, geez, I'd love to see him coming on at half an hour to go. Uh, just to, with a tired, with, with a tired Arsenal back four, because he's absolutely fucking, he's electric. I love watching him.
1: Yeah. He's he's given us that, uh, as you say, that injection. That Not that we've been lacking, but it's amazing what one signing has done to the squad. Do you know what I mean? We're going in here. uh, People in the chat are saying, you know, uh, Jota owns Arsenal. Bobby has had a great record against Arsenal as Mm. well. Especially away. Yeah. Mm. And the fact that we're going in here now with realistically... I think we've all five of them, have we? To, they're all available. Yeah, they're, they're all all, all yeah. in the running, all in the, you know, Emory chance of playing. But, Chris, I think Davo touched on, you know, the front three could be the same as, as the weekend. And I think that's coming, becoming our first choice front three now. A lot of people would say Jota as the centre forward. I think Mane has looked good in there. I think, it could be a case that this is the front three for the run in that's going to be seen in all the big games. Do you think that it will be the case tomorrow? And we'll look at maybe resting it later on, or or can you see a change or two in there?
3: I'd go the same front three because uh, they're probably the most in form of the five. Bobby just come back from injury. I think Jota is now some like seven or eight games without a goal. You know, even between so he's. I mean, he's like he's that sort of striker. Is that he does go on streaks? It's just that like his streaks are going to be quite long. So I think he's just on a bit of a dip here. Diaz at the moment is probably the most in form out of the front three. Uh, and for Mane, you know, that number nine position seems to have revitalised him. It, if we're going to keep Sadio Mane, I think that's where he should play from now on, mm. is it should be him, you know, Diaz should be the left, Salah should be the right, mm. and it's probably Jota and Mane fighting for the number nine position. That's what it should, or, or Firmino. You know, I think that's where now Mane should only be used as a winger in emergencies. I actually think that suits him. I know he's, there's elements of his touch and he he's he sometimes a bit slow starting, but his goal record from the play that number nine position is pretty good this year. And I think whenever we've played number nine, he's pretty solid. So um, I personally wouldn't change it. Um, I don't think Sal will do a full game though, because whatever that injury is he's had, you probably get an hour, 70 minutes out of him and I think mm. you have to take him off. Because Sal is just not... He's, I think he has gone from a little bit of a dip by his standards. You know, he's still a good player, but he's just... And I just think that's—I I think that's probably some of the uh, the Afcon up So mm-hmm. the best thing that's going to happen for Salah is plays this game and then probably is nowhere near the squad for the Nottingham Forest game.
1: Yeah, I'd imagine that will be the case. Donny, has he scored from open play since he's come back from Afcon? Yeah,
0: he, uh, score. he scored. A, he scored. A, he scored. A, he scored Norwich game at home.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got. He's got about four penalties, hasn't he? As well. Since
0: yeah.
1: The, yeah. Um. It, look, Liverpool at the moment that, that front three, Diaz is just electric, Mane looks good in the centre, Salah has been Salah and we have got the options in res, in reserve um, to do some damage but one player I want to talk about, we'll come on to our starting 11s and it's the midfield that I want to, I want to talk about Naby Keita has been excellent for me, I think he's had a very good season but at the moment, he's having he's in some really good form. Do you think Keita starts tomorrow? Or what way do you see the midfield shaping up? So if we look at the, the defence, right, I think we probably all agree it's going to be Alisson, Virgil, Robbo, Trent and Matip in the back back five. Or do you see Canate coming in for this one with pace? Does
2: anyone see that so. change there? Either or. It's broad as Yeah,
0: exactly. It's like matip has been brilliant. He's had a great season yeah. and the, the more to the point is, as was said in our WhatsApp earlier today, Keith, he's been fit all year, by like a game or two or being rested for the game, just mm-hmm. to which is I don't think if you asked all of us here, do you think he would get a season now John at the at the start of the yeah. season, we would have said no. So I think he's been excellent. Mate. Yeah, it's it probably is the most minutes. I think so, uh, it's the most
3: minutes he's. I think it's the most he's ever played for Liverpool. I'm not sure if it's the most minutes he's ever played in his career.
0: Yeah, and so,
3: so fair play. So, and, he, yeah. and he has been. He has been backing up since. with three games a week, which, let's be fair, none
0: of us thought he could do three games a week. No, absolutely not. But me, yeah. my point is that like as good as Matip has been, the drop off hasn't been that bad when Kanate has got in. Like he's a he's a young player. Um we spoke before Keith, we definitely got the, the, the better one out of two from yeah. Leipzig. Um 100%. so um, okay, oh, like, grenade. Do, do you know what I mean? Like it's like I don't think anyone would be kinda batting an eyelid if it's Kanate and, and and Virgil. But yeah. uh, listen, it probably will be Matib.
3: And with Davo, I think um uh, and Matip have got this both his wonderful ability. Has. If you don't play for six weeks and you drop them in, mm. it's yeah. like they've been playing all week. Uh, and a, That's a hard skill to have because some players do take two, three games to get back to the rhythm. Joe Gomez is a bit like that. He needs a couple of games to get into a rhythm, which is probably why he struggled this year. Matipo, or, or can I say, I've never seen players where you just drop them at Old Trafford, not play for three weeks, and you wouldn't think he had not played for three weeks. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a skill, to be honest, to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, Yes, so we, we all think it'll be that back... F- back five we all Kev what about yourself you see any changes to that or no happy with that when front Matthews?
2: three would be as Front is. three,
1: the back 5 is the back five is the back five yeah Um. so the midfield Kev yeah. I'll stay with you how do you see the midfield shaping up for Liverpool
2: I said this to Chris earlier on I think there's definitely a discussion to be had about Naby over Hendo hmm. purely and simply form is one thing but his energy levels his ability to get up and down the pitch Um, his reading of the game has been really good and I would love to see a midfield three of Fabinho, Thiago and Naby because I think they offer you the same as what Hendo and and the other two would offer you know you've got your destroyer you've got your controller and you've got your box-to-box energy it's just a case of on that right side when you look at what Tierney and Probably Martinelli would offer with Xhaka on that side. Would you prefer Hendo to be covering for with Trent on that side or would you prefer Naby to be on that side? Because offensively, I think you're going to get the same out of both. I think you'll get the same kind of levels of creativity. Hendo's probably a better passer of the ball. He's actually a more progressive passer of the ball than Naby is. But Naby has that ability to be able to put his foot on the ball and carry it 30 yards. And then do something with it. You know, and I think the other the front three could work off that better than what they would do with Henderson passing and moving his way up through. I would nearly I would start Naby tomorrow. I would. So you're going nabby for being Tiago. Yeah.
1: Chris, what about you?
3: Uh I I see Kev's point, but I think Tiago and Kata best position is the left of the three. And it feels this season where everyone's fit, them to a fighting out for the left of the three. So I think Fabinho plays, I think Henson gets one more game because he's also in, he's actually been in pretty good form since probably just before the Insplan game when he was pretty much written off as yeah. a man in decline. Um, he's sort of proved what, what what I thought, which was, I don't think it was a man in decline, I think it was a man in bad form, which happens. Um, I could possibly see Thiago sitting out this game again and doing what we did for Brighton, which is bring him on for the last half an hour to, to control the uh, game. I think again, I think they want to ease Tiago in, but then at some point, I do think in these big games, he likes to play Henderson, Fabinho, Tiago. That seems to be his go-to midfield for bigger away games. But all I'd say for Cater is fair play. So there was quite a lot who'd sell him Selman who just sold him last summer, and I don't bat an it now when he plays because he's played really well. Uh, so I think Cater starts, but I think it might be at Tiago's expense. Okay.
1: Davo, what about yourself? Can you see any changes or where do you, how do you see the midfield lining up?
0: I look at when you when you when you start the conversation I had in my head, it'll probably be Cater for Henderson with Tiago and Fabinho, but I'm kind of I'm betwixt and between now with, with the points <laughs> the two boys made to be honest. I just it, it, like it does seem to be his goal too. If he if, if they're fitting for it and Henderson, uh Tiago and Fabinho, I think Caden has been has been excellent. He's been he's been getting around the pitch well. He, he gave he gave one off one away at the start kind of early enough in the Brighton game, but apart from that, he, he did he didn't put a foot wrong. Um so I I, I think I think it'll be Tiago Henderson and uh Fabinho. I think that's what he'll go for. I think Cader might miss out. I think listen, I, I would probably I'd probably go Katie, but I think he I think he might go to Detroit and Trust. And listen, is his club's press conference they didn't watch at all. I just read a couple of the quotes and he's talking about ten cup finals and we have to go for it and this that and the other and so listen, he knows it's like Shawnee Larson says it's big boy football now. It's you're down to you down to ten cup finals in the league. I know dropping points probably isn't fatal, yeah. But Listen, we know how big the game is, so I think he might just go
1: for his try and trust it. Yeah, no, very true. When it comes to these big games, a lot of fans... Look, I think the fan base have always been split on the likes of Nabi and Hendo and all these other lads, but you're right, Davo. The try and Trusted in the big games is always Henderson, Fabinho and Thiago at the moment. And the only thing I could say is I agree with Chris. I think the Naby or Thiago might be the show rather than Hendo. That'd be our because, handle, yeah. mm. because I just think, I'm looking at Xhaka, right? And I know Xhaka sort of plays on the left-hand side, but I think we'd love to get somebody in around Xhaka who can get away from him. Because Xhaka is reckless. Mm. Mm. And I think Nabi, if you can push him on, even though we wouldn't be naturally on that side, I think if Xhaka drops more centrally, and you can get in around him. He's got mistakes in him all over the place. So I think it goes Fabinho, Henderson, and I think it'll be Nabby as well. I think Thiago can come on if needed. Um, but look, it's a good it's a good shout because we're not talking about Corpus Jones. We're not talking about Harvey Elliott. We're not talking about Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I know he hasn't done that and we're not talking about James Milner you know the options that we have now and to have them all more or less fit and available it makes all the difference in the squad you know for these games that we're going in with a a full deck and you know Arsenal will be confident but I think sometimes they have a a false confidence in these games you know the the League Cup semi-finals they were terrified that we had to get one of them cancelled and we're going on all, all sorts about, you know, trying to get the AFCON players back, even though it wasn't going to it happen. Was like, it was madness. One. Like, it was madness how they were going on, like, as if there was a sort of a fair factor uh, about Arsenal from Liverpool. They will be tricky, but I think if we show up, we have enough. So, lads, I want to get you yeah. our prediction on how tomorrow night goes. Kev, will start with you.
2: I think we win two now. Um, I honestly think that Virgil and Alisson take it personally if, they, if we can see the goal. You know, they almost take offence to it. It's like, how very dare you, type of thing. And I think Alisson wants a clean sheet, you know, the, gold, the golden glove uh, over his mate. And I think that's what wins us the league, ultimately, is uh, our defence. I think we've more than enough... Diaz's electric pace. I have never seen a Premier League player a player come into the Premier League with his pace and his ability to <clears throat> his control his touch... And confidence, he's getting more confident and he's he's going to give Cedric absolute nice... He's going to give the dictionary definition of twisted blood tomorrow night. <laughs> He'll rip Cedric to, to shreds. That's a lovely pitch. That's a great stadium to play football in. And he's going to have a great time tomorrow night, I think. I fancy 2-0 and it could be more. It could be more because if Arsenal get brave and think they can come out and press... With four or five, like they have been, or six even in a press, then our front three could really have got to a town on them if we're if we can get through their, their first press. But we can't be careless either. You know, we can't be reckless. But I've com- I've confidence in two nil. Excellent, Chris. What about yourself?
1: Oh, he's nicked. me score again.
3: Uh, I had two 0 yeah. I had seller and money to score. Uh, I think it'd be a tight game. I think it'd be tough, but. I just think we have a slight I just think we just edge it overall in every in every department for Arsenal. But I think this will be the hardest game we'll have had against Arsenal in quite some time. Um but yeah, so I, I've got a I've got a 2-0. But um I don't think I think it'll be a tougher game than some are making it out to be.
0: Yeah. Davo, what about you? Uh, well listen, you know what prediction I'm gonna put into the WhatsApp so at ten past eight yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, but in seriousness, I think <laughs> it just Listen, I agree with Kev. Our defence is being brilliant. I don't actually don't know what the number is now. Clean sheets for Alison. And He's on sixteen. What, what, what the two of them are? But I just from the law of averages and against a good side tomorrow, I think we can see it. But I think we win two one. And I think we we, ju- we just get the job done. I think I think we win two one. Listen, if we're sloppy and we give up chances, they they'll punish us. They they have the quality to punish us there on farm, as was said earlier, uh, they're scoring goals. So if we're if we're sloppy, they'll they'll punish us. But I fancy us big time down the other end to cause them absolute kittens. So I think two one two one win.
1: Yeah,
0: I think it'll be tight enough as well. Um, I'm gonna go for four nil. We go for
1: four 0 <laughs> I, um, I was waiting to go. I was to
3: go five 0 Actually, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> now nah, but in all seriousness, I think Liverpool will win tomorrow. Um, I I sort to of get what Davo was saying. You you can't give these lads a chance because Arsenal are in a position now where they've a good young core. They're brave. They're not afraid. Which Arsenal were in the past. You know they. They played nice football, but they would no killer instinct about them. They would no cutting edge. And I think the likes of Martinelli and Saka play particularly without sort of fear. And I think they could cause us problems. But I think we will come out winners, possibly a 3-1 win
0: for Liverpool, I think. Um, These will have been eyeing this up, Keith. I think that this is a real like. Yeah it's a test for them these will be looking at this going right listen how far have we come they'll be pumped up they'll be now listen that'll bring its own kind of nurse them as well so that's what I mean if we can kind of manage the game kind of keep foot in the trout, don't give anything fucking stupid away or like that and kind of drain a bit of the confidence that they have I think do you know what I mean it might be a it might be a more comfortable night than maybe if we're, if we're fucking sloppy and stupid and give the, give them young players something to hang on to or whatever, do you know what I mean? Because listen, this will be up for every pun that is talking about Arsenal have been beating who they should be beating. See what they may have on Wednesday. They'll be building it up themselves. So like, We just need to be on it. Yeah, exactly. And look, I think we will.
1: I think the the Reds go marching on. There's a pressure on us now that we've been given a, a glimmer by City. We have to make the most of that. It has to be 10 <laughs> cup finals. And it'll show what the rest of the season will be made of. You know what I mean? I think Liverpool main business, and I think we've we've all said it. The introduction of Diaz into this team means that, while at times you could say the front the front line can go stale, at the moment he just gives you that little bit of, you know unpredictability and a bit of electricity that we need. And I think that could be the difference on the day that, you know, we've all said Cedric might be, might struggle against him, but look, hopefully we we have a good one. So look, before we finish up, lads, I just want to shout out about our sponsor, Felicon. Um The link is in the description on our website, on every show, everything like that. We have spoke about it before. Failicon is an unbelievable charity. People don't know about it. It helps people that suffer a loss, um, during or after pregnancy, um, it offers a service that if you may not have gone through it yourself, you certainly will know people that have gone through that. And anything you know that people can get to help by way of counseling or support or anything like that, this, this, these look after that sort of thing. And we, under the LFC Day Trippers, try our best to promote as many charities as we can. And um, we've done stuff around Young King, we've done Sienna we're looking at this now and we really love people to get involved if you can donate donate if you can share share every little bit helps i would say not to put in super chats because we no offense youtube are great and all that but we don't want them taking a cut. any donations you can do do it through the donate um on the on the page in the description uh, and we appreciate that but if you can't donate because we know look times are tough for everybody out there what well, constantly I keep slagging Gab saying he's like Bob Geldoff scourging people <laughs> for money, but you know, share it if you can't donate, share it because people will be touched by this in one way or another. And and you know, the more we share, the more we get it out there. So, look, any, any help you can get on that would be brilliant. Um, so tomorrow night, Kev, uh, Chris, are any of you on doing a post game around tomorrow? What's the plan? Do we know? I uh, uh, prob-
2: uh, probably Kev will be tomorrow night, I'd imagine. I'd be surprised unless Gav's doing it on his Jack Jones or someone else's I haven't heard I, I haven't in? heard someone so, will be on for sure yeah there'll
1: be someone on and then I'm sure you boys will be back on on Friday with yeah, the sports back on, on a Friday so mm-hmm. like that Gav will be back during the day there'll be loads of stuff happening um, so yeah stay tuned if you haven't subscribed subscribe hit the like button comments leave comments in the YouTube afterwards positive negative whatever you know what I mean because we won't improve if we don't know you know I think we're great but <laughs> no good me thinking we're great let us know if there's anything you think that we can change or you know that, that you'd like to see us try I don't say watch-alongs we don't like watch-alongs um, but we're open to suggestions other than that um, but look we leave it there tonight lads thanks very much for coming on the chat was kicking in there tonight there was uh, West Ham fans I can see Everton fans there was an Arsenal fans and all it, it seemed to be a nice uh, peaceful evening in there so well done well done the chat well, oh, Davo, thanks for joining me tonight. Yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy the boys. Good stuff. Kev, always a pleasure. Never a chore, my man. Good stuff. You're on me line. Chris, yeah, I was gonna yeah. to say to you, never a chore, but Kev on that <laughs> one on me. Um <laughs> great to have you on. Uh we I enjoy these shows. You just go on, you have a little chat. Happy days. What more do you want?
3: All good, mate. All good. Look forward to Friday now, Kev, aren't we, aren't we mate?
2: Yeah, uh, Formula One is back at the weekend and you've got... Oh, that no, weekend, no, 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 no. Yes, Don't start yes, that yes, shit. Yes, Don't yes, start that yes. shit. It is it is. Formula One
1: is the 20, hipster 20, sport now, isn't it? I've
3: got to get me pillow. I'm going to fall asleep while you do that yeah. shit. And uh, we've got a
2: full house as well this weekend, haven't we?
3: Yeah, hope, you, hopefully we should have Callum from Coppish coming on so he, him and Luke can do the big uh,
2: UFC yeah, London. got UFC Fortnite. London this weekend. Had his day weekend as well over here. Uh Pretty sure there's GA going on, decent matches going on, there's rugby, F- there's F- FA Cup, there's shed ah, stuff. What test a match going on the <laughs> yeah. oh, match go. at the minute. Yeah, test match starts in the West Indies tomorrow, so we we'll probably to touch on that as well. No golf, it. though. Think, oh, a well, good
1: old test in the West Indies. Who doesn't love that? A bit of dreadlock holiday. It I'm on a prawn. A bit of makes Tennessee. you
2: sick when you it makes you sick when you're watching them in Jamaica and it's like 28 degrees and the sun's out and they're having a couple of bottles of Red Stripe, watching the cricket. You know, like not not as, it, not as sick as it not as
3: sick. It makes me watching England bat. Trust me.
1: There you <laughs> go. So that's enough talk at the Barmy Army boys. It's been a pleasure. We will leave it there. We've been the LFC day trippers. This has been the midweek fix, and we'll see us all again soon.